Good morning, everyone. This morning we are in Exodus chapter 9. Excuse me, Exodus chapter 29. And the title of the passage, which you you know is not inspired by God, but it's still helpful sometimes to cue us in, is the consecration of the priests. And then it gets into the sacrifices and then food for the priests. So we begin to see Aaron getting instructions from Moses on how he's going to set himself apart as holy and put away anything that would be displeasing to God in order to be in a position where he is made right to be the one offering sacrifices on behalf of Israel. So it was a holy thing, and God wanted them to prepare spiritually to be the kind of people, the priests, that could go before God. And, you know, when you look at the sacrificial system in total, think about this for a moment. Like today, when we sin, I think, in fact, we don't have the habit of confessing our sin enough. I, I really think repentance is an ongoing thing. It's something that we should be reflecting upon daily, what our day was like, what we, what we experienced that prior day, how we handled things. Uh, how we could have handled things better um, if we got caught up in sin to express sorrow to the Lord, express thankfulness to the Lord for his forgiveness and what he's done for us and and to turn away and say, Lord, help me to give me resolve and strength and counsel, Lord, to to do what's right and to no longer do what's wrong. And I would say that that's probably not done anywhere near as much as it should be today, right, by the Christian. Um, when you sinned in the Old Testament, here's the point, is you would have to bring a, a sacrifice to the priest. Now, those animals that you bring were costly. It was expensive. I mean, it that was how you fed your family, and, you know, you raised that animal to provide for your family either monetarily or for food. And now you're, because of your sin, you're offering that to the priests. Uh, and, you know, many times they got to eat those sacrifices for food. So that was one way that the priests were provided for. And there are times when the offerer, different types of offerings in the Bible, you could share because it was more of a celebratory offering versus just a sin or sacrificial offering. So there, there are several types of offerings, but Regardless, it had a there was time involved in in a sense the practice of repenting of your sin in the sense of bringing this animal and offering it and you know there was bloodshed and you know you, you wouldn't forget that you offered that sacrifice and today perhaps we're too willy nilly about our sin and we don't have a ceremony before God of repenting or turning away or remembering what he's done for us to forgive us. And I think we would benefit from spending more time confessing our sin before the Lord. Uh, here they did it physically through a sacrifice. But yes, the priests needed to set themselves apart and there was great preparation made to be holy before the Lord. Uh, I think there's a lot of parallels. And I, before I get there, though, I want to take you to the end of this chapter and listen to how it ends. It's just 
really glorious. Um, we'll pick it up in verse 42 of chapter 29. So it's talking about the one of the sacrifices you'd bring, and it says, It shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the doorway of the tent of meeting before the Lord, where I will meet with you to speak to you there. Now think about that. Through these sacrifices, God was going to meet the priests and speak to them there. I mean, that's God really coming near. And the sacrifice is what allowed God to be in the presence of a sinful being, a man. The sacrifice enabled them to come into the proximity of God. I will meet there with the sons of Israel, and it shall be consecrated by my glory. He's talking about the tabernacle. It shall be set apart as holy for my glory. I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar, and I will also consecrate Aaron and his sons to minister to as priests to me. So look at all these things are being set apart as holy, turning away from profane things so that they can serve God's purposes. Well, once all that's done, once everything's been consecrated, listen to what it says in verse 45. I will dwell among the sons of Israel and will be their God. They shall know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of the land of Egypt, that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. Wow. So through these sacrifices, through the consecration, through the preparation and things being made right and holy before God, now God is going to be able to come and dwell in their camp. It's interesting to think about the presence of God throughout the Bible. You know, if you think about back in the garden, God was with Adam and Eve in the garden, but then when they sinned, uh, they were removed from the garden and removed from the presence of God. And that is the way God's relationship with man largely was all the way up until this day. So now God is bringing about a new dispensation. It's called the dispensation of the law, uh, where God's people are now going to be in relationship with him through their obedience to the law. And through this, this season, this historical period of the law, God is going to come and dwell among them. So when they get this tabernacle set up, which it's not set up yet, Moses is just getting all the instructions on how to do it. And at the end of the book of Exodus, the, the tabernacle will finally be set up and God will come and dwell in that tabernacle and his presence will be known and there will be fire and smoke over the most holy place and they will know that God is in their midst. And what an incredible thing that is. So ever since the garden, God had not been in their midst the way that he's going to be in their midst now. And it's going to be through the consecration and sacrifices of this tabernacle that's going to allow God to dwell closer to them than he has ever since the garden. Unfortunately, mankind, the Old Testament people, they really forsook God in the many years to come, and God's presence left. And essentially, they got kicked out of 
uh, the promised land once they get the temple and through David and Solomon and eventually, you know, the Assyrian Empire and then eventually the Babylonian Empire um, overtakes Israel and Jerusalem and and they no longer had a country and they were deported. And But what is incredible is that God in his divine design came near once again through Jesus. He sent Emmanuel to be God with us. And think of that season of history where Jesus, God's representative, God's the, the radiance of God's glory and the exact imprint of his nature, Jesus came to be right in the midst of the people. And then at the end of his earthly life, when he became the sacrifice, what happened is he consecrated, he set us apart, he made us holy through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, through his shed blood, he made us through his forgiveness in a position where we've been made right so that he can dwell in us today. So just as they had to set up this tabernacle and consecrate the priests and make sacrifices in order for God's presence to dwell with them, God now in this day sacrificed his son as the once and for all final sacrifice to make us right, to consecrate us before him, so that now on Pentecost, 50 days after Passover, when Jesus gave his life, God's spirit could come and dwell inside of man. Hallelujah. It all, God followed his own rules. He followed his own sacrificial system. He made us, he consecrated us. See, and that's why we now are a kingdom of priests. Just like Aaron was a priest, now the church are, are God's ministers and he has allowed and made us right to dwell inside of us through the sacrifice of his son. Hallelujah. I will come and dwell among you. Uh, surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Isn't that incredible? So now what's interesting to think about is the dual responsibility. There is so much that God has done for us in making us right and forgiving us through his sacrifice. And that's the the righteousness that we've received through the gift of faith and the gift of the cross. But then there's the responsibility to be holy as I am holy. There is a responsibility to pursue righteousness. There's a sanctification that God does, the process of making us more like him throughout our lives. And it's something that God does, but then there's also something that we do in partnering and saying, God, help me. I want to be more holy. I want to be more like you. And we are supposed to grow into the reflection of who he is. And we're supposed to pursue holiness. So, you know, just as Aaron and them had to do some things in order to uh, get in a position where they were right before God, now Jesus has done it. He's ultimately made us right through faith in his sacrifice. But it doesn't rule out human effort. It doesn't rule out our, in honor of what he's done for us, to pursue Jesus. Um, so it's interesting, you know, that as, as Aaron brought those sacrifices to God, here's a, a question to think about. What is our sacrifice today? And there's several. Instead of bringing an animal, uh, now we we bring ourselves. 
Um, probably one of the, you know, one of the greatest passages, and it's like the the high water mark of the book of Romans. And after eleven chapters of the Apostle Paul thoroughly sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, he the book hinges on this passage, and essentially, therefore, because of the first 11 chapters and everything I've explained to you about the gospel of Jesus Christ, Paul in Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore I exhort you, brothers, by the mercy of God, because you've received the mercy of God through what his son did for you, amen, on that cross. But now what do we do? We present our bodies as a sacrifice, living, holy, and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And again, we see that dual role in that we now offer ourselves. We say, as a result of God, what you've done for me, now I offer myself. And we we may offer ourselves dead to our old man, dead to our old ways, but we offer ourselves a living sacrifice. We offer ourselves alive, not like the dead sacrifice of the Old Testament, because Jesus offered himself to die in order to give us life. So now the sacrifice that we bring to God is the sacrifice of me. And saying, God, I want to live to please you. Present yourselves a sacrifice, living, holy, and pleasing to God. And and we should be pursuing being pleasing to God and pursuing holiness and, and present ourselves alive. God, I want to serve your kingdom. And this is your spiritual service of worship. That's what it says there in Romans 12.1. This is what we do to worship God, our spiritual service, which... What that spiritual service, if you look that up and you pull up the Greek words there, it's it's like that's your priestly role. That's what the priest did in offering a sacrifice. Now your priestly role as his kingdom of priests is to offer yourself to serve his kingdom. Isn't that interesting? And some of the other sacrifices today, they're not animal. None of them are animal sacrifices today. For those who go to you know the church I lead, I say it a lot. No one brought their lamb to church, right? It wouldn't work anymore. Jesus Christ is the final lamb of God. But there are still sacrifices we bring. Listen to this in Ephesians 5, 2. And walk in love, just as Christ also loved us and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Well, you know, if, if you read Exodus 29, you know, God smelled that fragrant aroma and and you know of the offering that was made and what it's saying here is that one of the offerings that we bring as a sacrifice to God that's a fragrant aroma to God is to love as Christ loved us to love others walk in love that's one of the sacrifices that we bring today um listen to this the apostle Paul in Philippians writing the thank you letter to the church in Philippi And towards the end of the letter, he says, But I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I have been filled, having received from Epaphroditus, that was someone that came from Philippi with gifts to Paul, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. You know, and you were supposed to bring an animal that was unblemished, that was pleasing to God. Well, what he's saying is, church in Philippi, when you gave, and you remembered me, it was a fragrant aroma. It was an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And when we give, that's a sacrifice to God. That's that's a that's an acceptable sacrifice. It's something that pleases God when we give. Um listen, 
listen to this. Uh, in Hebrews thirteen fifteen, through him then let us continue, continually. Let me start that again. Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that confess his name. Isn't that great? So one of the sacrifices that we bring to God that brings praise to him is when we continually bring it is this fruit of lips that confesses his name. And may the Lord Jesus Christ and his gospel and the good news be on our lips. And may we walk in love. And may we say, God, how would you like me to serve you? I'm going to offer myself as a living sacrifice. And God, Thank you for consecrating me. Thank you for setting me apart. Thank you for making me holy. Thank you for making me righteous through the sacrifice of your son once and for all. But God, now help me to pursue uh, living holy and living rightly in honor of what you have done for me. The incredible symbolism all throughout the Bible, the priests were putting themselves in a position to be in a right position to serve God. And now Jesus Christ, our high priest, has gone before us and sacrificed himself to make us right and put us in a position where we can now serve God as a kingdom of priests to be a living sacrifice to serve his kingdom. And because of what Christ has done, listen to what it says, I will dwell among the sons of Israel and I will be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of the land of Egypt that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. And now Jesus tabernacles in us because we have been made right. He can now dwell inside of his people. Hallelujah. Through the power of his Holy Spirit. May we not lose sight of that. May we remember that. I want to share with you that, you know, before I speak to you, I make it my purpose to pause and pray and ask the Lord's help and remember his Holy Spirit. And may we do that not only when we're teaching the word of God, but may we do that in our lives all the time. God has given us this incredible gift that he now dwells among us, inside of us. May we not forget the power of his Holy Spirit at work in us. He wants to counsel us. He wants to make us more like him. He is available to us because of what he's done for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you all.